What's up and welcome to Ask Father Josh, the podcast where I get to listen to your questions, pray with them, and hopefully respond in such a way that it's helpful for you to become a saint in your walk toward eternity. Here is how the show goes. You hit me up with three to five questions per episode, dealing with anything and everything from morality to spirituality, relationship advice, a dogma, catechesis, evangelization, discipleship, works of charity, acts of justice, the list goes on. I will then sit with your questions, pray with them, and study, and hopefully respond in such a way that it's good for you to become a saint. But my disclaimer is this, I'm not perfect. And so therefore, the advice that I share with you, that I give to you, might not be good for you. If that's the case, then I want to give you the freedom to reject whatever it is that I say that does not help you to grow in your relationship with Jesus Christ in the church. But if my advice is helpful, though difficult, then I really want to encourage you to lean into Jesus Christ in scripture and before the blessed sacrament and in the sacraments of the church in fellowship and study and prayer and worship so that God can give you the graces that you may need to fulfill the demands of discipleship over time. If you are a first-time listener, you can hit me up with your own questions at www.ascensionpress.com slash askfatherjosh. That's spelled the word A-S-K-F-A-T-H-E-R-J-O-S-H. You can also rate us and review us on iTunes and other podcast formats. You can share us on your social media pages. That will help other people to find out about this show. If it's a gift for you, potentially, it can become a gift for others as well. And you can also comment and critique me as well because, like I said, I ain't perfect. Uh, on today's show, we are going to talk about making time for prayer. We make time for that which is most important to us, right? We make time for friends. We make time for work. We make time for working out. So we got to make time for God if he is essential for us. Also, how do I balance being a mother and wanting to grow my relationship with God because, again, as a mom, there's so many demands on you. And so we're going to address that. And finally, we're going to talk about Eucharistic miracles, which is really important because uh, this past week we celebrated the feast, the solemnity of Corpus Christi, the body and blood, soul and divinity of Jesus Christ. And so we're going to talk about that as well. But before we get into those good topics, I want to share with you a glorious story. Right, all right. So my glory story, man, is so many. It's been such a this anointed, such an anointed time right now. Uh, where do I begin? Uh, my glory story. There's so much. I I guess I could talk about the recent stuff. I, I met a family from Kansas. They just came down to worship with me, and they were good to be around. And uh, but we had so many ordinations the past few weeks in Baton Rouge. We ordained three men to the priesthood. Uh, and then I also went to the New Orleans ordination uh, this past weekend, and I was able to connect with these friends that I haven't seen in a very long time. And it was just such a gift to be able to gather together to celebrate the good works that God has done in these men to draw them to this place where they were ready to say yes, to be ordained, to watch men literally become a new person, to be conformed to Jesus Christ. I just, I, I love the priesthood. I have so much reverence for the priesthood. Such a beautiful gift. But while I was hanging out with my friend, Dr. Ansel Augustine, he was playing as he was driving us around uh, the Sunday service from Kanye West. And man, they just had so many good songs on that album. Uh, I love you, Jesus. I love you, Jesus. I mean, just so many good songs. But it reminded me of just my love for like the Lord and how I just love to sing him love song. When you're in love, you sing. You sing to the, to the one you love. And so I was jamming out this morning uh, before and after mass to that Aaliyah song. I don't want to be 
be without you, be without you. I don't want to live. Hey, live without you, live without you. I don't want to go, go without you, go. I don't want to be alone. Yeah. And so what I did was, is I changed it and made it about God. Like, God, I don't want to be without you. I don't want to live without you. I don't want to go anywhere without you. I just want to go where you are. I want to be with you wherever you are. I want to live in union and communion with you every single day for the rest of my life, God. And so it's just beautiful how how music can can just draw us to deep intimacy with the Lord. On that Sunday Service album, I was jamming out to So Anchored, which is like a, a play on the genuine song, So Anxious. And it was like, because we so anchored. You know, I know lyrics to nothing. So, uh, but yeah, it was great. It was great. It was so, it's been so good. It was, it's been so good. I got to hang out with my staff last night. They threw a little party for me at Susan's house and we played this Catholic trivia game all night and it was just it was great. Really, really good time. I'm so grateful for my my team and for God and and all the good things he's doing. So it's been awesome. Uh really, really awesome. So that's my glory story. And before we get into the topics, I'll give you some feedback. This comes in from David or David. Because I don't know David how you say your name. You know, some people say David and some people are bougie and say David. So I don't know how you say it, but I'm assume it's David or D David. Uh Father Josh, I love the show. I'm 35 years old. And I was raised Catholic, but I fell out of the church in my late teens, early 20s, and recently came back, thanks to God, working through my great aunt, who is 89 years old and has been in the religious life for 72 years. Well, welcome back. Welcome back. Welcome back. She entered the convent on October 7th, the Feast of Our Lady of Holy Rosary, 1949, and took the name Alma in reference to Alma Redemptoris Mater, in praise of God, welcome me back. I pray the rosary daily. Yes, the rosary. That's the prayer Mary always asks us to pray. Your Blessed and Broken Book. Blessed and Broken Book was one of the first faith books I read while making a comeback. I have your pocket guides to reconciliation and adoration as well. Oh, thank you, my brother. I never thought I look forward to going to Mass several times a week. Uh, it was a spiritual fruit I sorely needed. Keep doing your thing. You have a gift for connecting people uh, my age. David, man, David, thanks so much, man. I'm so grateful that you are back. I'm grateful for the prayers of your aunt, who is a religious sister. Uh, I'm grateful for the rosary, man. Ah, so, so good, brother. Pray your rosary for me, please. All right, speaking of the rosary, let's talk about prayer. So let's get into our first topic for this show, Making Time for Prayer. All right, first question comes in from Anonymous. It says this, Hey, Father Josh, I hope you're doing well. I just had a quick question about prayer and reading the Bible. I want to say certain prayers and read the Bible daily, but I often find myself in a busy day, either procrastinating to do so, or when I do decide to do it, rushing through it to get it done and moving on to the next task of the day. Even during breaks, I would find myself rushing so that I could spend time down some downtime. How do you think I can break these habits and balance prayer and reading scripture effectively with other work? Any advice appreciated. Thank you in advance. Anonymous. Yeah. So I would propose that you pray in the morning. Give God your first fruits of the day. Like don't give him the last fruits. Don't wait till you, because you know, some people can pray midday and, and afternoon and evening and night and, and they, they have it to where they're disciplined to do that. 
But a lot of us, we're just not. And we have to recognize our weaknesses and our limitations and what we cannot do. And so the the morning when you just wake up, give God like your first 30 minutes to read scripture to meditate on scripture, to pray with scripture, to sit with scripture, to talk to God about your thoughts and feelings and desires, to tell God, I love you, to listen to God say, I love you, to recite your rosary, to listen to praise and worship music or gospel music or that new Sunday service album that is going so hard right now. Man, like for instance, real quick, I'll play you something like this. This the CD is so good. Uh, let me pull it down. Boom, boom, boom. Like this one. Oh, this one's a good one. Love you, I love you, Jesus. Yes. I worship and adore you. I just want to tell you, God. Now that was kind of slow, so I like to do. I love you, Jesus. Hey, I worship and adore you. Just want to tell you. That I, somebody was doing a, a, a mass for me recently, and, and I could tell they don't sing at Catholic Church as much often because uh, that person was harmonized. It was like, whoop, 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 whoop. <laughs> and uh, it was funny. But anyway, so yeah, so it was good. It was good. And so uh, pray in the morning. I would propose that you that you try to be disciplined and wake up early if you have to wake up 30 minutes earlier, but to get that time in before the day. And that way, the rest of the day while you're working, you can kind of abide in relationship and talk to God about the fruits of what you discussed with him, what you received or what you shared that morning in prayer. Uh, sometimes when we share our hearts with God in the morning, he might not speak in that specific prayer time that we have allotted for like the intentional time of being with him apart from everyone else. But then the rest of the day, while we're at work or in school or hanging out with family members or friends, we will be able to hear God speak to us, communicate to us through them. And we'll recognize this his voice because it is it's something that we talked to him about that morning before we left our house, our home, our apartment. So um, I would encourage you to to pray in the morning, right? And then that way the rest of the, your day can be a fruit of your intentional time that was given to God in the beginning. In the beginning, you hovered over my, my it's hard for me to sing right now I mean, first of all i can't sing good anyway but it's really hard right now because at mass my microphone went out and i was screaming and so my, my voice is hurting so I'm, I'm a martyr right now i'm a martyr for the church all right next question comes in from anxious mom it's about balancing motherhood hello father josh or is that hello father josh is anxious mom I was typing in this question. Yo, so as a new mom, I'm struggling with attending and participating in mass with my baby. I find myself being distracted by her. When we attend mass, my attention is split between taking care of my baby and trying to participate in mass. When my husband is unable to attend mass due to work, I find myself staying home. I know missing Sunday mass is a sin. However, the thought of attending mass by myself with the baby gives me a lot of anxiety, so I skip it. What do you do when the biggest blessing in your life is keeping you distracted from the Lord? Praying for you, Father Josh. We need more holy priests like you, anxious mom. Yeah, so I, I, I want to be holy. So pray for me that I will become holy. I am not there yet. But I want to encourage you to go to Mass with your crying baby, right? Because Mass 
is a communal prayer. It's a public prayer. And in the community, you're going to have people who are, who are quiet and people who are solemn and people who are loud and people who are anxious and people who are chill and people who are frustrated and people who are angry and sad and mad and hurt and joyful. There's always different people who are going to be there. But Mass is not a personal prayer. It's not about me and Jesus. It's about worshiping God with the community. And it's entering into the holy sacrifice of, the, of, of Calvary. And when Jesus Christ was crucified in Calvary over 2,000 years ago, it was loud and there were people crying and screaming and wailing and, and there were people who were cheering as well. I mean, there was all these different things that were happening. There were people who were like, like Mary were probably very solemn and very quiet. So there's all these different people and you just have to be okay with entering into the season of like, who is God calling me to be in this season of my life with the Lord, right? Where is God calling me to be? Is he, call, is he calling me and inviting me to be in the body where it's going to be really quiet? I'm going to be able to be attentive. Or am I being invited to still love him in the midst of distractions? So if your baby is crying and people are looking at you, let them look. If your baby is screaming and it's hard for you to pay attention to God at worship, still show up and just be in the presence of God. It's enough to just show up. Like You don't have to be fully attentive. If, if your baby needs you, God is totally aware your baby is the body of Christ. So be attentive to the body of Christ and your baby and let the priest be attentive to the body of Christ in the Eucharist on the altar. So I just want to encourage you just to go no matter what, even even if you're anxious, if, if, if you feel like you're um, you can't breathe or something like that, then maybe ask the priest if you could like sit in the sacristy during mass or sit somewhere else to where, because uh, again, if you have any kind of like trauma or PTSD or sometimes anxiety can be crippling. So acknowledge that and relate it to your priest and see if he can accommodate you um, with your anxiety. But I do want to encourage you to still go. Whether or not your babies are really good or really bad, just go to mass. Uh, and if people get mad, let them be mad because it's not about, mass is not about us. It's about worshiping God. And God, he, he, he commands us to worship him, right? It's a commandment to prioritize God above all, not whenever our kids are grown or not whenever our kids are well-behaved or, or not whenever our spouses can come with us. He, he says, just, you worship me, period. So unless someone is sick, then there, there really isn't an excuse to, to not go to mass. So I would just encourage you to go as you are with your crying baby and ask the priest to find a way to accommodate you with regards to your anxiety. So I would be praying for you because we need you. You are a necessary member of the body of Christ. You are necessary and without you at Mass, we're, we're incomplete. Uh, you have a gift to offer us and God, and, and we have a gift to offer you as well. And so we can only share those gifts and receive those gifts from and with each other if we are in proximity to each other. So encouragement is to come as you are, even if you can. And then if you want to enter into a Mass later, like online, where you can actually like do it while your baby's sleeping, that's cool too. But it's, it's really good to just show up, to show up and worship God as you are with your baby. So... We're going to take a quick break right now, and uh, I'm going to get some water, some wawa. And when we come back, we're going to talk about Eucharistic miracles from Alexa. Alexa, let's talk about Eucharistic miracles. See you in a second. Every one of us is made in the image of God. We are unique, worthy of love, and called to greatness. In this world, though, we can be distracted from that truth and begin to doubt God's love is real. You see, we live in a world that tells us we are not smart, attractive, thin, or rich enough. It is easy to focus on the ways we fall short of worldly perfection and forget that we are already made perfect. We are already enough. I'm Danielle Bean, author of You Are Enough, what women of the Bible teach you about your mission and worth. You Are Enough dives into the stories of women in the Bible so that you can fully see God's plan for your life. 
To order, visit ascensionpress.com or Amazon. And we are back. Quick reminder, you can send me your own questions, comments, critiques, feedbacks, and glory stories at www.assistionpress.com slash askfatherjosh. You can also rate us and review us on iTunes and other podcast formats that will help other people to find out about the show. If it's good for you, potentially it could become good for them as well. Last question is about Eucharistic miracles. Comes in from Alexa. Hey, Father Josh, as we approach the feast of Corpus Christi, I'm sorry that it was actually this past weekend, my bad. I was supposed to record the show last week, but we had some stuff come up that prevented me from doing so. I was wondering if you could share ways I can continue to grow my confidence in the belief that the Eucharist is truly the body of Christ. I attend Mass regularly and try to receive the Eucharist with as much reverence as possible, but sometimes it doesn't feel like I'm truly consuming Jesus. I often don't feel anything. The reality that it's truly his body is beautiful, but also hard to grasp and a little mind-boggling. I wish that I could actually see a Eucharistic miracle to strengthen my belief. Uh, there have been quite a few Eucharistic miracles. Could you share some examples on the podcast? Yes. So well, first and foremost, I think it's beautiful that you have this desire to, to grow in intimacy with Jesus in the Blessed Sacrament. I think it's helpful to go to adoration uh, and, and to ask God to give you the, the grace to be able to feel his presence if it's for your good to be able to feel it as well as believe it intellectually. So that's just something that I would encourage you to do. Adoration is helpful. Reading books like Dr. Brant Petrie's book, uh, Jesus and the Jewish Roots of the Eucharist, is also really helpful too. But there are so many Eucharistic miracles that I want to share with you. I do think Eucharistic miracles are a bridge for a lot of people to be able to have faith to believe. Uh, there's the miracle of Lanciano, which was in the 8th century. There was this priest who was, he was experiencing doubts, even priest doubt. Even the apostles did. A, a few weeks ago, we were celebrating Mass, and the reading said that the apostles, they went to the mountaintop in Galilee, and Jesus you know, appeared to them and told them to go make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. That was for Trinity Sunday. And it said they doubted. They still doubted, but they, but they, they believed. And so this priest, though, in the 8th century in Lanciano in Italy, he was doubting the real presence of Jesus as well in the Eucharist. And so one day away, he was celebrating Mass, and so the words of consecration, which come from the Bible, this is my body, this is my blood. He actually saw the bread and the wine transform into human flesh and blood. So the accidents transform. So what we believe as Catholics is that the accidents, the appearance stays the same. It still looks like bread, tastes like bread, looks like wine, tastes like wine. But the substance, it actually changes into the body and blood of Christ. Well, in this case, the accidents, the appearance changed also into the human flesh and blood of, of, of Jesus. So the blood coagulated into like five glob, uh, what was the word? Like five globules, something like that. I don't know how, to, how you say this word, whatever. But anyways, a miracle spread all over town. People were strengthened in their faith, and and they were able to believe as well. And so that's like one of those really cool Eucharistic miracles, and uh, happened in the eighth century. Another Eucharistic miracle happened in the eighteenth century in Siena, in Italy. Uh, August 14th, 1730, a bunch of Catholics were gathered together and there was this this festival happening uh, the, the night before the Assumption and these robbers entered into a church and they stole a ciborium that had hundreds of consecrated hosts. So Jesus, his body, blood, soul, and divinity was in this ciborium. So a couple of days later, it was discovered that there was this like white protruding from the offering 
box at another church and seeing it. So the priest opens his box up and he finds missing host inside, uh, entangled in cobwebs and dirt. And after being cleaned as much as they, they could clean this, the hosts were placed in a new suborium and taken back to the church of St. Francis to be venerated. Um, but since the hosts were dirty, the priest decided not to consume them, but to just let them deteriorate. Right? He was like, you know what? This is dirty. So I'm just gonna let them over time, like fade away. And over the next few decades, which means like, like 10 years, 20 years, Everybody was amazed to see that the host actually never deteriorated, um, but actually appeared to look fresh. Uh, and the host uh, remain in this like same state today. Like today, you can literally go to the Basilica of St. Francis in Siena, Italy, and they look exactly the same. So uh, there are a number of really cool Eucharistic miracles that I think if we just Google them, we would realize, wow, like, this is cool. And you could go visit them on pilgrimage. I would encourage you to go visit these, these shrines all over the world that have Eucharistic miracles. And that could potentially help you um, with your faith. But just add, tell, tell to Jesus, like relate this to Jesus in prayer. Jesus, I love you. I believe in you. I desire to feel your presence. Like I want to feel you. And if it's for my good, God, please give me that grace. And if it's not for my good, I'm still going to show up without the feelings. I'm going to show up in this dark night. But like, I love you, God, and I trust that you will give me what is best for me in my walk toward eternity. Yeah, so that's that. So uh, good, cool, 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 cool. Praise God. Let's pray. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Lord, we thank you for the gift of the priesthood. I ask that you just bless all of your beloved sons who have answered the call to become priests. God, love them, speak to them, heal them, restore them, renew them, draw them, Draw them, God, to that place of encounter with you that began before they were ordained. Remind them of how they fell in love with you. Help them to prioritize you in the interior life in prayer so they can, so we can all hear your voice and know your will for us, know your plan for us, how you're inviting us to serve you and the poorest of the poor and the disenfranchised and the marginalized and the people in our community who are sick and who are suffering, who are oftentimes ignored. Give us the grace to accompany these brothers and sisters worthily and well in relationship with you and the sacraments so they and we and you together can abide in relationship with each other on earth and remain with each other forever in the kingdom of heaven for all eternity. We ask this prayer in the most holy name of Jesus Christ. Amen. All right, y'all. It was a great gift to be with you. And uh, again, we have some exciting news about the podcast coming out pretty soon. Uh, but until then, I will see you in the Eucharist. Deuces. Deuces.